Live from the Talking Joe Studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, 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 it's me, the Chief Doggy Dog, joined as always by my buddy. Uh, the Snoop Doggy Gnostic 80. How's it going, buddy? Yeah, it's going good. Trying something new today. Trying something new. Standing up. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> not in general, not in life, doing the podcast. I'm it's standing a miracle. Up. <laughs> yeah. I used to sit on a big fat boy beanbag, <laughs> which was very comfortable, but the beanbag, I understand, is the nemesis of the podcaster because you do one one butt cheek shift in the wrong direction and you get all that yeah Yeah. that's not ideal so but and then i had to switch to put the beanbag over the loft hatch so as not to uh, create too much noise downstairs so that was gone so then i was sitting on a little stool i'll take a picture it's a stool (laughs) that would probably be oh it that would yeah that would probably be okay for a hobbit it's absolutely tiny and my legs are getting cramped up amazing so today i've decided to st- open the diaphragm up stand <laughs> and uh see what happens there nice uh I, I, other than that other than sorting out my podcasting arrangements for sitting slash standing the only other thing i've been doing is i fired up desert strike today oh, oh i finished um i finished horizon zero dawn on the ps4 only took you uh, seven months to do only that, took me it? only took me too long uh, and then I decided up in the loft this afternoon I would fire up Desert Strike on the Mega Drive and play. hadn't played it for years and I was like, holy moly, this is amazing. It is brilliant. Got halfway through the first, well I say halfway through, I don't know how far it was. Well, I was a good chunk into the first level and then the screen froze, which is not, not ideal. It's not ideal, is it? I don't know if it's the cart or the Mega Drive, so basically to, to the old trick I was used to, took the cart out, give it a, give it a blow on the cart, uh, blow in the little, in the crack, so to speak, the Mega Drive, popped it back in, clicked it on, um, ditched, ditched the joypad, the third party joypad I was using, you and have I went joystick, for, and then at least I could have got another boing in there. So I ditched the third party joypad and I went for my joystick, um, it is, it's the, wait a minute, it's the, it's the official Sega Mega Drive stick, <laughs> weighty, weighty in my hands, nice. I've got to stop doing this, sorry. And yeah, I got through the first level and then started the second level. I was like, and then the, the difficulty just, there's no option of select. I love this old school game. There's no difficulty selector. No, it's just hard. It's basically you go just on, press yeah. start. You can't select easy, medium, whatever. You just, you're in. All you do is you select which winch man you want. Yeah. I've selected some, some jockey straight out of. Uh, Better grad school. Uh, they said something like he's 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 a bit erratic with his guns, but in a tight spot or some other like that. Anyway, oh, it's Trevor in it. It's Trevor. So, yeah. yeah, good old Trev. Save some guys, and then the mission two though the difficulty cranked right. They started chucking tanks at me. I know. It's I was not expecting good. that. So, but I love it. Passcode. I have to write down a ten-string <laughs> letter passcode to input. Do not lose that bit of paper. And I, I'm looking around for it now. I mean, lost absolute. it. Oh, no, I see it. It's on the floor. It's on the floor next to our scores from ranking the last Yojos on the last episode. But anyway, they probably look uh, very similar, actually, don't they? Yeah, yeah. The More Desert Strike. More Desert Strike this week. Um, <laughs> that's about it for me. The only other thing I'm doing is tomorrow, I think I mentioned previously when we have these kind of two-day away day sessions at work, 
um, to do planning for the next three months at work. Last time we were at Spurs Stadium. Um, this week, tomorrow, we're at Twickenham, the home of oh, rugby. Nice. What have you been up to? Swing low, sweet charity. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm just thinking of music to put in the background and if you say things. Um, I have been... Actually, last week when we recorded, which hasn't come out yet, which people oh, yeah, like of this course. Is, honestly this is ridiculous like we're like two two in the bag before anything is is actually uh posted as always this is our now future no, it's our and past. Your past oh yeah wait a minute it's their future yeah and someone's present and then our past correct something yeah. like that it's always somebody's it's always somebody's present isn't it let's face it but well, yes i, I so. unless unless yeah well let's not get into back to the future movies but yes i forgot to mention last week on our last recording that i actually did do something quite interesting i took my my wife kate and her friend sarah and her husband ben to well actually ben and i didn't go to this particular concert but we took kate and her friend sarah to the backstreet boys concert in kansas city and like don't you know let's let, let me just be completely clear right now I used to love the Backstreet Boys, and I still kind of do, so apologies again. I know everyone hates me on this show already, and I've just added even more to it by saying that I love the Backstreet Boys. But um, I was I was quite gutted that I didn't get a ticket to go along with them. But anyway, they went, had a great time, and they acted like, you know, eight-year-olds again, uh, or however old they were when uh, Backstreet Boys were out. <laughs> and, uh, and Ben and I ended up walking down the road to a place called the Tapcade, which was basically a bar with full of arcade machines, and we—it it was amazing. We completed uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the standard arcade game. Turtles in Time was there, but all the joysticks were frozen because some douche weasel had been just pouring beer over it by accident, you know, or you know, drunk people in bars. They're not electronics and drunk people don't really mix, so it's an it's an odd combo. Uh, but in any case, it, we um, we also completed X Men. And that was, you know, again, amazing, like, legendary computer games. I also managed to beat one team in NBA Jam with Stockton and Malone because I couldn't play with anyone. I tried playing with other teams, like I tried playing with the Bulls, but it's like, it's Grant and Pippin. And for some reason I just could not, I could not vibe with that that duo. So I think when, when you're kind of thinking, you know, Jordan really should be in this. <laughs> but yeah, you can't yeah. be due to contractual reasons. In any case... We had a great evening while waiting for the girls to watch their amazing Backstreet Boys concert. Uh, we, we played for about four hours in this tapcade. And then uh, we had uh, Burger King afterwards. Well, I had an Impossible Whopper because it's the new thing in town and it's a vegan, it? vegan Whopper and it's amazing. In any case, um, that's what I did that last like three, two weekends ago and completely forgot to mention it. So, yes, that is what I've been up to. And since then, not much, just working hard and doing lots of editing. And now we can talk about beverages, right? Beverage for the show. Beverage for the show. Now I am going to go and drink my beverage for the show. I am hungry for beverages, thirsty for beverages even. Um, as always, I like to go over and above so i've got two drinks i've got two I'm... with me today as well just Whoa, to piss you off ease off fella that's my <laughs> shtick cheap uh, and no, two you... drinks <laughs> you can have two that's fine my first one because last week i had the in fact i've still got down here on the floor let me just get it 
still got, this is how much I clean up in the loft, I've still got the empty can of Cosmo Sunrise cocktails that I had last week, and it's just lying there on its side in the loft on the floor. Amazing. So tidy up, Chief. And I've got the spilled cider as well. I've got a big wet patch. I don't get wet anymore. But anyway, um, I, I'm keeping that theme. I've got a spiced rum and cola, mm. perfectly mixed white Jamaican rum, ready to drink by Sainsbury's. In fact, I say I've got, I don't because I've already drunk that. So, <sighs> you really are a cheating um, son of a b- on this anyway, show. Anyway, I, I drunk that like I was just catching up on the issue five minutes before I called you. So I actually have got here that's unopened a tango. I don't know if you have tangos in the states. Uh, no, I I know what it is, but no, I don't think. Yeah, so it was always it was always okay. Everyone knows the the Coke and the Pepsi battle in the UK. It was the Tango versus the Fanta battle. Yes, they both started out just as orange spark, you know, orange sodas, yeah. orange fizzy pop. I remember you got tangoed. I remember the uh, that advert got banned. Yeah, they all got banned because kids end up slapping each other in the face. This fat um, guy covered in orange paint basically runs up to someone in an instant replay after yeah. they've had a drink of Tango and slaps them with both hands on both yeah. sides of the face as hard as they can. Hello, Tony. I think we might use a video replay here. Super, Ralph. Let's do that. Oh, yes, we could be in for a quintessential Tango taste sensation here. Yes, Tony, let's look again. Yes, Ralph, the big orange fellow run in from the left and he gives him a good old slapping. It just illustrates the bite and buzz oh, of real oranges in Tango. Yes, Ralph, super taste sensation, smashing drink, lovely. You know where you've been tangoed. And that's you, and it said you got tangoed and then they had they to said, ban it. You know where when you've, you've been, been tangoed. tangoed. Yeah, because yeah. the fat guy smacks you in the face with both yeah. of his hands. Uh, and then they all branched out and went, to, and same with Fanta, just orange, but they all went crazy flavours. And now I've got a Tango Strawberry Watermelon. Ooh, Strawtermelon. What the deuce? A waterberry. That's it, let's have a go. <laughs> a quick aside here. <laughs> I, always, I always wonder, like, when you're drinking, yeah. do you lose out if you're taking too big as a glug because surely your taste buds only really kick in after it's all gone down your gullet and then you start tasting it so surely all that five glugs prior is just wasted taste am i making sense or am i talking complete effectively i i drink very quickly and i think yeah you do you are missing out on the enjoyment of it let's face it. and and that's what yeah you you want to kind of st- stretch it out as much as possible there you go that's my new uh, that's new year's resolution in september drink slower chiefs chiefs philosophizes i'm saying this is a sugar-free one i'm saying it's not all that okay it's all right but you know i wouldn't write home about it what have you got you wouldn't write home about it but you would do like an on-air review on a yeah. podcast about it on I an have... over long segment yeah I have another, it's another surprise from my wife, who, who like, she enjoys Doing. these segments. <laughs> she enjoys these segments, and she always tries to kind of get me something that might might be new, different, etc., etc., and she has. She's picked up this Tiesta Tea Cold Brew Maui Mango, a mango pineapple fruit tea with a splash of passion fruit. Immunity, it says underneath. I don't know what that means. It just makes Immunity you immune to, to like things. To death, yeah. Brewed with real loose leaf tea, uh, 50 calories per bottle, 
non-GMO, verified, etc., etc. Let's give this a, a beast, shall we? Just have to Do snap. It. Hang on, let's see if this makes a noise. Oh, it's a tinny uh, top, like a big tinny lid, and then a massive glass bottle. So let's try this, shall we? Well. What were you expecting? Did you know what to expect or not? I didn't know what to expect, but honestly... It's not. It's really. It's nice. It's like. It's not as. I. I. For some reason, I always expect iced tea to be sweet, and this isn't necessarily sweet. But because the mango flavors in there, it's almost like a faux sweetness, if that makes any right. sense. But it's yep. very smooth. It's very like it goes down easy, <laughs> and is yummers. Yeah, very into that. Uh, my other drink, because I've got two as well, douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> is I'm getting three next week. Now, if you, you may remember, on the last uh, episode, I had a Khalifa Farms probiotic dairy-free yogurt drink. Yeah, I'm trying to get it already. It was a, it was gorgeous. It was a strawberry flavour, and it was yummers. I have now got a mango cultured nut milk version. So let's get some of this cultured nut same, milk. Same brand, different yeah, flavour, exa- or completely exactly the same. It's just mango instead of strawberry. Got it. So let's give this a, a Swiggins. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. What's your technique oh, going to be? What's your technique going to be for this episode? Are you going to go glug for glug or what? I don't know what that means. No, for you, you got two drinks. Are you going one one sip out of each, or do you have to oh, finish you mean off for the, the whole? I see. Yeah. No, I'm probably going to rinse one and then rinse the other one okay. in ridiculous fashion so that we can yeah. get they're, on. They're with already the... they're already finished. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's. Uh, I've, I can't believe I waste not wasted, but wasted a spot using t- having two drinks. Uh, that, uh, that's ridiculous. Why do you do yeah. that? You, 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 I'm not doing it anymore. One only for me. One, a t- one, one a time. time. Guarantee yeah. next week you have two. But let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got good drinks. I got an okay drink. I'm standing up, so I'm feeling good. But we do unfortunately have to go inside Chief's mind. Oh! What is? Getting on my wick, grinding my gears, monkey in the wrench, People. annoying me, pissing me off this week. People. People who happen to be part of the conglomerate that is Virgin Media. No, it's not actually the people, it's actually Virgin Media itself. <laughs> so Virgin Media is my supplier of broadband and TV package. That, was, that wasn't a real fart, that was my mouth, but still... It's, it's Virgin because supposedly in my area they're the only one who can provide like fiber optic broadband which will be supposedly faster than anyone else can provide so I'm kind of I haven't tried anyone else but I'm kind of yeah. taking their word for it effectively or, or totally. the word of the internet totally. so anyway because I get broadband through them I get TV package through them and the reason I'm annoyed with these clowns is I sat down this afternoon. I had recorded a load of stuff on the on the on the you know whatever the catch up the record function whatever it's called, and I thought I'm going to watch a movie this afternoon and I'll discuss it with Chris. And I stuck on Rambo three. This mission's important, John. I want you to come with me to help me lead the team. What do you say, John? I put in my time. What's that mean? It means my war's over. He never draws first blood. He only fights back. The first time was for himself. The second time was for his country. This time, 
Something went wrong. It's for his friend. Brilliant. Which I haven't seen for a long, long time. I think widely regarded to be pretty much a turkey. Yeah. I'm about halfway through. I don't see any turkey here at all. This is top quality. <laughs> this is good stuff. I remember vividly him healing that gunshot wound with like gunpowder from a bullet that he busts open and then yeah, not got sets to that it on bit, yeah. fire. That was that. I just remember that vividly. I remember. I do remember that bit from having seen it previously, but I haven't got to that bit on the re. I haven't seen it for ages. I haven't got to that on the rewatch yet. But um, it's very, very eighties, which mm. is a good thing. Um, you know, that opening scene where he's stick fighting against the the Mutai guy. Oh, yeah. And he's giving the money to the monks that he wins. And yeah. Colonel Troutman is in Afghanistan and he's been captured. Now Rambo's John Jay's got to go in and save him. But for a action movie from the 80s, the script isn't actually that bad. The direction and some of the cinematography is pretty good. And maybe the turkiness is coming in the second half but anyway that's not even what, what i'm here uh, the reason was I, I went back after picking the kid up from school first week at school this week picked her up uh, after you know put her down bath whatever and story time i thought right i'll quickly finish off rambo three before going to the podcast virgin media not starting up just in a constant reboot cycle oh. so it's starting up and then, actually, the, the, the reason that led me to believe that was, or to, to know that something was wrong, was I was in the living room with the kid, we were reading a story, and she said, what's that sound, Daddy? And I was like, all be quiet. I say, all be quiet. Me and you, be quiet. Quiet, all of you. I'm approaching the Tyrannosaur paddock. And it was like, not me and you on the podcast, oh, no, I was talking about me and her. <laughs> and then and you looked, at the, there was on, the, on, the, on, the, on the table, there was a glass of water and you could see a ripple every now and again, yeah. right? Yeah. And I could hear from the TiVo box, from the Virgin box, I could hear this, it was making an actual sound. I was like, where's that coming from? And tracked it down. Internally, the box was making this sound. So I turned the TV on and then to see, you know, if Virgin was working, it was just in a constant turning off, turning on, turning on to every two minutes, just a reboot cycle. Weird. It was the hard, it was the hard drive inside. I've just got off, just before the podcast started, I got off the phone to Virgin, giving him a rant, saying, well, look, what's going on? I'm in the middle of watching Rambo 3. I've got to talk about <laughs> it on the podcast. The guy did not know what I was talking about, so I had to educate him on Rambo for five minutes. So hopefully he's going out to check it, check it out now. And um, yeah, great, great soundtrack on that. And he said, but immediately, as soon as I said, this light, this blue light's flashing, this red light is coming on and off, and it's making this sound. I actually held the phone up to the box and said, listen to this, punk. And uh, he was listening to it, and immediately he said, oh, yeah, the hard drive's bust. I said, okay, well, how am I going to watch Rambo 3? Download it illegally or something? Or, you know, purchase it on Amazon Prime or something like that? I don't know. And um, he said, I'll get a new box out to you. It'll be with you on Thursday. Thursday? Thursday. That's no good to me, is it? So, um, yeah. Thursday? So, Virgin Media Get is, is my... Get that out next day yeah. delivery, mate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Oh, fuming. I can't stand this crap, honestly. Actually, what day is um, it? It's Tuesday. Yeah, next day delivery. <laughs> yeah. That, I suppose Thursday's not too bad, but, but anyway, that's what... It, it pissed me off at the time, but um, there you go. I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to talk about some G.I. Joe comics. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them woe. Comic talk, oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them woe. So, uh, I love, I love how we leave a gap. It's really cute, as if like the music, <laughs> as, as if the music is actually playing live. I think it's really yeah. adorable. <laughs> um, this week we are 
Digging in to 120, 121, 122, after a little bit of debate between myself and Diagnostic, we are going to include 123. It was my fault, really, because I no. I looked at that last issue and I just felt it's too attached to the to the story. It concludes everything, but then there are like little strands that start new stories, but I just felt yeah. that it, it's a good natural conclusion. Yeah, because I actually did say on the last episode that we were going to include 123. Yeah. When I read ahead, I messaged you separately and said... I'm not sure we should include it, and my reason for not include wanting not want not not wanting to, but <laughs> possibly not to include it was that all the ninja stuff had kind of there was no ninja stuff in 123, and it was just really about Cobra Commander chasing the Joes away and the introduction of Cesspool, who who plays a big part later on. But I guess it does it is kind of a concluding part, I guess. Well, it does say at the end of uh, 122 to be concluded. So I kind of yeah. I feel like it's it's trying to naturally can like conclude the the storyline. And then at the story. end of 123 it says to be continued. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Work that out. But um anyway, we're going to include 123. Looking at covers, I've got 120 here in front of me. You've got Baroness and Destro facing forwards with some red ninjas hanging down, standing up. This is the first Wildman cover, right? This is the first Wildman issue on interiors and first cover, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and yeah, it looks pretty dope. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's his best one. I don't like the way he's drawn Baroness there. Yeah. Very wide boobs, kind well, of a very strange 90s. shouty face. Very 90s, yeah. Yeah, but you know it's 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 not a bad cover, but I just don't think it's one of his best. One twenty one. I think the red much, ninjas look good. Sorry. Yeah, one twenty one. I much prefer. Yeah, this is Storm Shadow plus the the ninja team again. You know, red ninjas, red ninjas hanging upside down on the last one. Here you've got nunchuck, nunchuck, and Chabang. Yeah, uh, hanging upside down. Snake Eyes looking really cool, uh, even though you don't see his face. Storm Shadow looking cool. I, I really like that cover. Yeah, and Dojo as well. With his dojo uh, there. sexy uh, ponytail. Yep. Snake Eyes got his trench knives on his chest still. Yeah, they, they're, they're pretty cool as well, pretty beefy. Uh, 122, we have got Storm Shadow versus... Is it Slice or Dice? I can never tell him apart. It's which Slice, which. and I'll tell you what, uh, an easy way of remembering this. There's an orange version of that particular figure, of the Red Ninja... Uh, slice and it's nicknamed orange slice which is like a you know ah. there you go so hopefully that'll okay. be easy to remember from now on yeah and then 123 you got cobra commander coming out of some sort of swampy land and it says the secret of the sludge so that that tagline is nothing to do with the picture of cobra commander that's relating to something completely different yes it is which is a, a nice oh what's this cover going to be about it's quite intriguing and then it's uh you've been duped yeah, i hate being duped on covers i hate it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, the basic so the basic premise of this arc is destro and the baroness reunited <laughs> returning to well castle destro is no longer there in scotland so they have now acquired from cobra commander the silent castle in transcarpathia transcarpathia yes uh, which is i guess somewhere in eastern europe they have acquired this they've gone back there to have their new non-terrorist lives and what they find is there's uh, something in the basement. It's loads of red ninjas, uh, these other guys we mentioned, Slice and Dice, and the Joes are on hand to bail them out. And then yeah. that's pretty much the basis of this arc. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you've got um, 
G.I. Joe are there, in actual fact, to, to uh, support Destro. Yes, well, this is one of the things I was going to bring up. I, I was unclear on the motive there. Why are... There's a G.I. Joe ground team, which has quite a few new vehicles. I think we've, what we've, got, we've got the Brawler, the Badger... And the Battle Wagon. And the Battle Wagon. And just to, just so you can get some toy talk in early this episode... <laughs> um, these vehicles never had designated drivers, or did they? None of them did, I don't think. Okay. Badger, Brawl, no, I don't think any of them did. And was that a thing? Because I, w- did we have some vehicles recently introduced that also didn't have designated drivers? Yeah, like Maybe if there we were a certain, if there were a certain size, they didn't often get them. And coming into, I suppose, that era of the 90s, you do have... They're not like trying to save money necessarily, but it does save a lot of money when you're not producing a specific figure for the vehicles. The, like the, a really good bonus for like for like parents going into toy stores with their kids. If their kid wanted, you know, like a toy, then there's a lot of value to be had if there's an, uh, an action figure with it. So that was like the kind of key thing that G.I. Joe had over a lot of toy lines out there. Um, yeah. And yeah, and as, as it got into the 90s or like later on, they started kind of doing away not completely but they started minimizing that aspect yeah 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 i've got i've got you know a list of a few things i liked and wasn't so keen on this arc but a few things i want to bring up here is cobra commander is seen in his new it's almost like he wants to be destro in that sort of color scheme of his new battle armor yeah the uh the one i talked about that on a few episodes yeah the horrible one yeah and he actually ditches that very quickly which is odd because it, it's almost like two issues later he's out of it. It felt like a continuity error as opposed to a a specific let's get him out of those clothes kind of thing. I felt like it almost happened within the similar scene of where he was, but I could be wrong, and and we'll we'll see that as we go through the, the issues again. I think that's just Larry not liking this outfit and wanting well, to get him back into his that, regular duds. That and they're just doing the toy thing again. So there's a talking battle commander cobra commander that came out around that time and he was wearing basically in his old school blues again so that's why he returns to that kind of that costume because that's the figure that was on the shelves at the time talking battle commander cobra right. commander yeah yeah he does have one good bit in the in the beginning in that when he's in that outfit um quite funny him and destro are effectively just signing papers and being very <laughs> yeah. civil to each other considering He's just put a 20 million hit out, or whatever it was, 10 million hit on Destro's head and wanting him dead. And now they're just kind of chatting, signing papers, and Destro wants Cobra to sign over full ownership of, of the Silent Castle. And Cobra Commander's got a pen out, and he's like, no problem, haven't used that drafty old pile in ages. So hard to get up to those dismal mountains with no roads. Where do I sign? <laughs> and then they just release a Baroness, funny. and she punches him in the d- Yeah, yeah, right. Although it's really it. difficult... To see from that angle in that that panel where she does actually hit him, where she whaps him in yeah. the whaps, because it looks like she's punching from like up to down. Do you know what I mean? Like I know that's obviously where he is, but because he's bent over when the connection happens, it just looks really unnatural. So yeah. it's hard to see where she's punched him. I think he's icing his balls later on. So yeah. I thought that was <laughs> brilliant. Also, something that has to be mentioned. It's the first example of not having not having an initial splash page, but do we do get one a few pages in? Oh, you're right. Yes, you're right. We get that title splash page, but it's like four pages into the issue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. When they're they're flying on the copters into into the castle. Good use of the battle copters there. Like, kind of, they're a bit. You know, it's a bit of a wonky premise. The battle copters. They're a bit exposed and a bit rubbish. 
Um, but obviously, because there were toys, those toys were out there. It's interesting that Destro's like, I'm going to need to borrow some battle copters. So it's, yeah, um, yeah that's a good touch. So t- two things here. We didn't actually establish in that little chat why the Joes are supporting Destro here. Well, they've kind of been in and out in, in cahoots with Destro in a weird way because he went straight. And Hawk says... Let's get with the program here. Cobra Commander may have finagled some double cross and it's our job to back up Destro and get him out of there if that's the case. So it's it's an odd premise that they're in, but that's the situation we're in. They're almost like Destro and the Joes are kind of like, I don't know, they realise that he's probably more beneficial or the jugglers are probably more in his pocket than they are and the Joes are just doing what they're told. Yeah, And the other thing to note here is hawk back in his original outfit as well yeah they're flip-flopping all over the place with the outfits aren't they it's quite ridiculous i think he just had one issue did he or two issues in the, in that that new outfit but um we also see a couple of new i thought they were cobra ninjas but they're not actually cobra ninjas slice and dice they're associated with the red ninja clan yeah they're the masters although, of the red although ninja, they were they were are. they labeled on their toy figures as cobra 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 dice because, cobra slice yeah because here they're clearly they clearly mentioned that they are not cobra yeah, I think that changes over time, but yeah, right. the, initially they're red red ninja masters, and also you talked about Hawk's gear getting changed. Stalker's back to his original uniform by the end of this issue, or one of the issues when he turns up, and yep. then f- flips back to his tundra gear again, and that is a continuity error for sure. Yes, like yep. that is a problem. But we also get the fact I mentioned it on the cover, but Snake Eyes rocking those trench knives on his chest when he doesn't have them on his outfit normally. Like yep. that's still that's still a thing in this issue. It's quite funny and rock and roll. Oh yeah, okay. So we'll get to that in a sec, won't we? I'm, I don't mind that he has those knives though. No, they're cool. Just, they're cool as, as hell. It's just it's just interesting that they've continued with this design that doesn't exist in like in the toy form. It's like two yeah. two figures merged into one. Yeah, we get a new version of Dusty as well in this one. Too. Well, that's on my list of one of the things I don't like. You don't like Dusty's new. Cannot new look. stand that new look. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen in a comic. It's weird that they went with the beret, isn't it? Don't get it. Just don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, I'm flicking through this issue, and there's some really nice. You know, like we said, this is Wildman's first issue yeah, on board. Amazing. There's art, some yeah. great fight scenes here, especially when Destro. So here's another thing that's going on. The Baroness has been brainwashed uh, with the brainwave scanner and she is now being, uh, or she is luring Destro down into the the basement to the lower regions of the castle because Cobra Commander knows there's another brainwave scanner down there and she's going to get the Baroness to get Destro into the brainwave scanner and get him all tricked out and brainwaved up as well yeah and this is where we see these red ninjas they come crawling out of the woodwork some great fight scenes here you know the action is depicted really well destro's shooting guys in the head not that's a good thing but you know it's, <laughs> it's a quite a dramatic panel you know he's got swords and there's guys with nunchucks and there's quite a bit where he says uh you are that certain you can defeat me and the ninja's gone absolutely a dangerous assumption and he wrist rockets him there's there's something in hidden in this comic that i thought was really really cool by larry and it's during the conversation between baroness and destro before they go downstairs yep. and that she's talking about the fact that he's got these um, this amazing chess set and she kind of focuses on it and and she's like wherever did you have these made and and he was like he basically says a sculptor in brooklyn who carves the miniatures used by credit card companies for their holograms he uses and then he's cut off because the Baroness drops one of them 
on the yep. floor. Now, what he's referring to there is really, really cool, and that's basically that the uh, it's a reference basically to Bill Merkline, who was the sculptor for numerous Hasbro properties, including G.I. Joe early on. He was hugely famous for his work on holographic elements used on credit cards as well, so they even put that in there. Uh, right. And this is even the, the kicker is that it, he was involved as well in in creating the all of the sculpts for the holographic elements for the Visionaries toy line, and in fact, Merklin was named after him in the show on Visionaries. So, the Wizard Merklin in the Visionaries is named after Bill Merklin, who did the sculpting for GI Joe and the Visionaries and credit cards and all that kind of shit. and it's amazing. And one more little element on that is that my wife Kate had dinner with him at JoeCon once as well and she said it was the most awesome dinner ever like where she just talked to him about art and sculpture and all sorts of cool stuff and cool. the dude the dude's amazing so yeah I love that Larry's put that in that issue and it's a lovely little like hidden gem in yeah. those comics that's quality that's really cool that's really cool and actually there's a few callbacks in in these issues like you mentioned they're the chess set which we saw in issue 21 yeah. there's also they find the the ball and sickle yes uh, from yes. one of the ninjas which was also from issue 21 the red ninjas are in there <laughs> the red ninjas are there you know they were there previously there's actually one bit that wasn't a callback and where they say this castle's impregnable there's only one way in which is up the front door but clearly snake eyes found another way in there's loads you know, there of is ways another way in, in. there's yeah. tons of yeah. ways in yeah. But it's not even. It, there's a, there's an amazing panel piece where you were talking about them getting like shot in the face. He wrist rockets one of the one of the red ninjas, and they like whoop and obliterate. Basically, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. this is a really brutal issue. I thought more so than most issues we'd seen up until this point. I mean, this is there's some blood splatter. There's like like some real brutal fighting, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. There's another bit that confused me a little bit you get slice and dice and they're making their way through the castle through these secret secret entrances and stuff and he says um uh, we must proceed with caution or we put at risk a complex endeavor that has taken many years of preparation and involves individuals who are quite volatile to say the least now i've read you know a few issues up ahead and i can't really see what he's talking about could it be the spoiler alert the firefly uh introduction maybe but does he i haven't actually got to that issue yet on the reread but um does he mention there that he knows firefly or doesn't know firefly when firefly pops up i can't remember anyway i feel, I, I feel like they're all in cahoots the the cobra guys and anyway, we'll find out when we get there but i i agree with you sometimes these things are dropped in i think larry's writing ahead, like thinking ahead and then just forgets about that and does yeah. something else yeah because that's very yeah. much what he does in terms of his writing style a lot of the time he just makes it up as he goes along i mean everyone yeah. does when they write but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like literally as he goes yeah. along he doesn't know what's happening you know a couple of pages ahead let alone a couple of issues ahead yeah Couple of couple of other bits I liked were there's a scene where Destro kind of goes a little bit Iron Man because his mask yeah. he's got secret panels on his mask and he can fire different stuff and he's got a holographic laser vision or something yeah he kind of switches it to like attack mode or something doesn't he yeah yeah I thought that was quite cool I love it when he says the plot coagulates I love that <laughs> yeah. like some, some thickens brilliant so, yeah 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 some real cool uh, bits of dialogue actually there's a one I like in 122 where Destro um, 
says love cancels out brainwashing or something like that because oh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna submit himself to the brainwaves kind of voluntarily and baroness can't believe it and he's yeah love cancels out brainwashing and then um there's another bit of dialogue which I didn't really understand in issue 120 where the Ninja Force team standing on the wall and they think they've been spotted. So he's like, right, no one move for one hour. And he says, we have to lie doggo. What's doggo mean? I believe that's a military term for like, uh, let, let me just double check while we are uh, recording. Doggo meaning. Hopefully I don't get like dogging. I don't think it's dogging. <laughs> uh, yeah, remain motionless and quiet to escape detection. All right, cool. I'll take that. Basically, doggo means to lay the f*** still. All right, cool, cool. One thing I didn't, wasn't overjoyed with is the feeling that Cobra's a bit, it just felt, they felt a little bit small time because they're kind of sending in Yeah, six, all of a sudden now they send they're in like... Six, yeah. six troopers, all of different varieties. I think you've got a saw, a heat, a frag, a, a toxo, a telly, and a knight. Maybe an alley, I don't know. Maybe six or seven... But rather than sending in, you know, choppers, for, I like seeing loads yeah. of either Vipers or just Cobra Troopers, but that feels like a thing of the past now. Yeah. It's it's just these kind of specialists, but they only send well, in a, a handful of them. Yeah, they're doing like, again, it, this is all like, you know, toys on shelves, basically. It's like, we need to get as many of them on that in that comic as possible and this is larry's way of doing it it's like well he still could have written in you know a, a, a chopper yeah. full of vipers regular vipers i suppose it's to it's to highlight it's to show off and highlight particular you know almost making them characters like they did with the saw viper i bet like earlier on they were kind of saying well we got you know people seem to like it when we when we made the saw viper a more of a character so let's try and make individual troopers more like characters and that's what happens in this isn't it it's like you've got like one of each and they're all doing like certain things, like the televipers almost leading them and telling them what to do and all that kind of stuff. And then the other guys, I know what you mean, though. It's I, I pref- I'd prefer it as well, definitely. Yeah, uh, I'm just flicking through this back end of issue 122. Great fight scenes. They're coming down the stairs in issue 121. We get a, an opening splash page and then an opening double splash and then like a double yes. splash page that follows that. So it's like amazing that they, it's yeah. almost like they're making up for the fir- the last issue <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but yeah you're right the, the battle down the stairs is wicked battle down the stairs because what's happening now is all everyone's kind of met up inside the castle Ooh. oh that's a cool bit i really love is the um when the ninja team do a bridge because they're effectively yes. on the side of a cliff and they think the only access point is no one's crazy enough to go up the side of the cliff and then the castle is however many metres or feet or whatever away from it, and they have to get on each other's shoulders. One guy puts some pitons or pinions yeah. or whatever, a human ladder, and then they just kind of gracefully fall uh, and create yeah, a human ladder. It's amazing. I love it. And that's the easy part. I love that bit. Yeah, yeah. But now they're all together in the castle. So you've got the ninja force, you've got slice and dice, you've got the red ninjas, you've got Destro and the Baroness, and meanwhile you've got the Joes outside engaged in a firefight with all these vipers who've flown in so it's pretty much going off everywhere we look i thought it was interesting that the heat viper uses his rocket launcher upside down yep. because it's clearly designed to be used the other way when looking at the toy and the card art and all that kind of stuff and and even to the point where there's writing on it that says fang and that's upside down on the draw on the drawing i'm like why is but, he holding it upside but down but that suggests to me that that's how it should be fired no it's not that's that's the thing like the original design the original the card art the the, everything about the all of the the lead up materials to yeah. where this toy was born 
that's how it's it's used the handle is the other way around it's it's okay. to be quirky and different i'm saying that i'm saying the toy's wrong and the comic's right well that's the thing the comic <laughs> the comic can't be right because it's not the origin point it's the it comes after everything else and they use the reference for the, of the toys so clearly this is a case where Andrew well, Wilder has got I'm the saying, toy reference. I'm saying Larry Harmer's said the toy designer got the design wrong. <laughs> That's okay. not how that would be fired. In the, no. Again, Larry didn't have that control. He was just breathing life into what was created by Hasbro. Larry wasn't creating the characters and then Hasbro were making the toys. Hasbro were making these things. Yep. Larry breathes life into them with these stories and the and the artists draw them, you know, that kind of way. So maybe maybe Larry has said something to Andrew. I think said, he has. I think he has said something. He's saying possibly, oh, from a military point of view, this would be fired over the shoulder because otherwise it would be too heavy or something like that. If it existed, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ninja Force don't switch into Ninja Force. They don't actually do much, do they? I'm thinking, oh, yeah, cool, really. Ninja Force, la la la. But in actual fact, they don't really get any dialogue. Obviously, one of them can't talk, but. You know, I, I guess you want Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow front and centre doing a lot of the fighting, but Ninja, Ninja Force feel like they've got a presence without actually having a presence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, their their infiltration is kind of like a cool thing, and but but for the most part, they don't. And they have that like, one scene when they're all in a fight; they're all fighting and they they're doing stuff. But you're right; there's not that much about you know the individuals in that team that really stand out and. They almost become like a mess of one person. Like that yeah. group, that team are just Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow and some others. It's not like you don't really see Nunchuck getting much character development or Dojo or Shebang. You don't really get that in this short period of time. And it's it's that's the problem, isn't it, really? They're not really being yep. they're not being explored in this issue. Something else I've got to say, how unreliable is the badger? That oh. vehicle, man, is for some reason. It's just not in gear or something like that, or it's just started rolling down the hill. I know. It's just so what? The brakes don't work. Nowhere. The gears don't work. It's nuts. The accelerator. I think that maybe that works, but oh my god, just leave that at home next time, boys. I know it, it constantly f's them over, yeah. and then I think it's blown up anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, one of them does anyway. Paralyzes in. Des- Meanwhile, Destro's been making his way up to the upper battlements, and he's thrown some switches, and then two pages later. Holy moly, Castle Destro, or a better version. I didn't know he lived in Autobot City, honestly. No, I don't know. That is did, craziness. He's basically Metroplex, what he does, isn't it? He? he just t- pulls a, does it the seventh, whatever the, he pulls like a crank. And yeah, the whole thing like transforms into this new castle. It's unbelievable, Jeff! Even to the point of, on that page 24, where it's all standing and looking good, there's plaques of Destro and the Baroness on the front. Just above the portcullis, somehow he had those built inside the silent castle. <laughs> inside cheap silent <laughs> yeah. castle. Amazing. Um, oh, we get uh, version two Toxo Viper. I forgot to mention that. So that's that's new. We get the version two Toxo Viper. Yes, yes. it's introduced randomly in this particular pointless for it to be re- like utilized story, and yep. then we actually get them for real, like in a couple of issues where it makes sense, but. That's interesting. And yeah. also, Rock and Roll is back to wearing his original yeah. version 2 colours. He's not wearing his Sonic Fighter colours anymore. Yep, yep. And in typical Larry style, it's all wrapped up in one page. So the Joes are going off down the hill, being chased by Cobra. 
Slice and Dice have retreated, the Red Ninjas have gone, Destro and Baroness are happy, and now the Ninja team are just left to, I guess, they go off in search of some of the ninjas, don't they? Yes. I have to say a couple of things before we finish this particular issue and move on to the next one. There's a beautiful, like, full-page spread of the Ninja Force fighting Slice and the Red Ninjas, and I think that is, like, one of my favourite... That's I love that. It's gorgeous. There's another great shot of all of the aspids coming into um to land and it's just like uh, it's just brilliant. I love that. And then the other thing I was going to say was can we talk about Big Ben? <laughs> because uh, if we have to He's pulling out all of the British colloquialisms again, isn't he? Like yeah, yeah. all right, I'm all right, mate. But then he says this thing, right? I think it's I'm not sure if it's in this issue or if it's in 123. So, like, as you just said, so they're all hossing down the hill, uh, like, uh, like basically, of like running away from Cobra now. The Joes, aren't they? They're escaping yep. the Cobra paralyzer tanks. Destro and the Baroness are chilling, and the Ninja Force are kind of like, well, I suppose we better make our way to do what we got to do. And then we get into the next. Yeah, I think it is in the next one. And Big Ben says something along the lines of, "Are you Barmy?" But he's spelt B-A-L-M-Y instead of B-A-R-M-Y. Oh, balmy, yeah, you're a bit hot, are you? Yeah, so he's hot as opposed to mental, which is what yeah. balmy means, B-A-R-M-Y. So there's a mis- I think there's a mistake there in what Larry thought that word... Well, he obviously he's using the, 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 it's the same sounding word, but it's the wrong context there, isn't it? Yeah. I do like... Uh, I don't like Big Ben, but I find him quite funny, I guess. I, see, I love Big Ben, just don't like his voice in the comics. Right. If okay. he wasn't so over the top, like Cockney, yeah. then I think it would be brilliant. But instead, like, just, just, that doesn't need to happen. People, like, you don't need to really over egg that pudding, do you? No, no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so we are including. It's taking the piss, mate. We are including issue one, two, three, which is what we're talking about now. The ninja stuff uh, is kept to. A minimum. I think there's only a couple of pages. I'm looking now. I think it's only two pages, possibly. Where yeah, it's a couple of pages that they follow in slice and dice. There's a load of red ninjas, and it turns out that there's a leader. There's actually that's a cool page actually where there's a throwing dirk comes down. A ninja throwing dirk that came from above, and Snake Eyes has chocked it, chock swooped it, <laughs> chock shooped it with his um, sword. And then there's ninjas with kind of they got sort of battle armorish on, and there's some leader in a in a red hel- red and yellowish helmet. He's As warlord. warlord of the red ninjas, I command it. Yeah, cool helmet. Yeah. But that's all we get from the ninja stuff. The main bulk of the issue is about the like you said, the Joes running from Cobra, which I thought was fairly weak. Yeah, and the. The other bit that I like is I'm a massive fan of Cesspool. Oh, yeah, this is cool, isn't it? The introduction of Cesspool. So he's he's almost like introduced off-panel, and then as it comes in, you've got Zorana going nuts because he apparently has built loads of sludge factories around yeah. Cobra Island, and he was only yeah. supposed to build one. What and- the hell is going on here? He is just... He's just... I don't know. I don't... What's his gig? His gig is he's some weirdo who is making profit from sludge. Well, basically, he is weaponizing toxic waste. Is what what the the thing is, and the slu- obviously the gimmick in the toys was that they all squirted water. But you know, and when you got the the water on the figures, they would change colors and show like uh, you know patterns and all that kind of stuff. So there was a, right. there was a cute gimmick to the toys, and because of that, they had to Larry had to figure out a way to kind of incorporate that. So he 
he de- he decided that instead of it obviously squirting water was ridiculous so you know this sludge was something that they create this toxic waste or they clean it up and then they utilize it weaponize it and sell it back to people or sell it back to companies and sell it back to uh, militaries as as weapon yeah. weaponized sludge but he's basically yeah he's setting up all these sludge factories to kind of create more toxic waste for use in that yeah. sense and that's where we also get re- <laughs> we also get introduced to the eco warriors and uh flint is pulled away from his kind of involvement so the hercules turns up to pick the joes up but yep. duke runs off the back and he's like sorry guys you're gonna have to get, you're gonna have to book it the long way we only we can only pick up flint because he's yep. got a different you know we've got we've got to speak to him and he's got a different uh, mission and so they're all like oh okay great so flint jumps on this giant hercules and inside you've got ozone and clean sweep and they they joke about and this is i think this is a good, a good way that larry incorporated this ridiculous element into the comics and they even joke about the fact that hey flint you've got your own ridiculously insane color scheme uniform to wear and all that kind of stuff it's really really cute yeah we'll we'll have more of those eco dudes next episode um just jumping back to cesspool quickly he's got my favorite line from all these issues we've covered so far and it's when uh zarana is turned up in a hammerhead and she's yelling at him and um he says, are you threatening me with this ridiculous little hammerhead, Serana? And then my favourite line is, you're talking to the CEO who outsmarted seven federal investigating committees. <laughs> Amazing. I, th- I, re- I, got a, I got a big um, erection. No, I got like a buzz reading this, this issue. I thought it was quite cute in certain places. And I got like quite excited to see the the beginning of some other aspects in the comic, you know, being yeah. set up. I'd be interested to know when the toy of cesspool came out or when the design was readily known because he's very, very cable-esque in his look, uh, ex- yeah. as in X-Man, X-Force cable. Because I don't know who copied who here. I don't know when cable first appeared, whether toy designers copied the cable look, whoever Rob Liefeld copied the set. I don't, I don't know if Rob Liefeld would, would have copied the cesspool look. but So I can tell you that his first appearance as cable was i think in 90 because he was in he's a newborn infant in 86 i think cable and so cesspool came afterwards in 91 okay he was actually believe it or not his head sculpt was based on uh, a guy at hasbro at the time called vinnie dealiva and he was like the, one of the marketing guys like quite big at hasbro at the time and they jokingly modelled the character and the head sculpt and everything on Vinny, who thought it was hilarious. And in actual fact, there was again a cesspool was going to be in one of those live action commercials that I sent you uh, recently yeah. uh, that Kirk was talking through. Vinny was going to be cesspool in it, and they had those pictures of him dressed up with the scar on his face and the white hair and everything. It looks amazing. And they, for some reason, they never used the cesspool footage that they they took. So unfortunately, there's the, so there's hopefully there's um, out there somewhere there's some Vinnie Dealiva as cesspool footage that never got used for a GI Joe commercial. But yeah, um, that's yeah cesspool. Who basically I'm I'm talking toys already, but basically that is uh, cesspool. Yeah, big fan of cesspool. He's kind of like a in a way a bit of a jokey character, but he's a slimy and no pun intended kind of slimy, sleazy, sludgy kind of yeah hard and he's probably going to take no prisoners and and you know do for you 
There is a panel coming up during his like flashback origin in one one of the issues that is one of my favorite panels of all time because of the hilarious sound effect like word they've put on this on the page. It was my I think it was my banner picture for like months back in the day because it's just so hilarious. Cool. We'll look forward to that one. Yeah. No spoilers. The yeah. So that all that kind of cesspool eco stuff is kicking off, and I kind of like that. Like I say, this. The Cobra's chasing the Joes. I don't know. They they focus on this kind of laser guiding system. It's lazy. Thing is what it is. For yeah. just no purpose. I don't feel like Cobra Commander would have chased the Joes into the foggy forest with just him and a couple of paralyzers. I don't think he'd have done that on his own. Doesn't feel like his something he'd do as a character. Anyway, he gets the Joes get out, like you said, because obviously Flint has now made his way off and the others are get, making their own way home. And then Cobra Commander gets picked up. And then he gets informed about an issue in Brocker Beach, which, lest we forget, is still uh, going strong as a Cobra front. And it turns out that drugs are in Brocker Beach, baby. It's funny that like they make out that this is bad <laughs> as well. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, of all the things that are going on in Brocker Beach, this is the worst element of it. It's, it's funny how Headman and the Headhunters become like everyone's enemy it was such a obvious like drugs are bad mk type scenario wasn't it it was very much a drugs are so bad even cobra want them out of their town it was it was that kind of after school special kind of thing wasn't it yep yeah that's it exactly but i mean like we said earlier this will be delving into the ramifications of that in um next issues uh next uh episode so stay tuned for that. But meanwhile, what's your yo-joage on this, fine sir? Ups and downs again. I think there are some aspects I really like about it. Uh, I thought the art's really nice and really vibrant and really in- enjoyable to read. It's not, you know, some some of the um, dialogue is like exceptional and some of it's really like dog <laughs> So it goes up and down like dramatically. I would probably have to say over all the issues, I did enjoy it. There's some elements that are throwaway, so it probably only gets to a low seven for me. Low seven. I think I am probably going to be in the same ballpark. Like you say, it's a nice introduction from Andy Wildman on art. I think he pulls out all the stops. I think that issue one, two, three was a slight, not quite as good as the others uh, art-wise, but still still good. Nice callbacks to issue 21, which I liked. You know, some, some nice bits there, but I think a low seven is probably where I sit as well. Also ambushes in this you wouldn't bloody know it, would you yeah, he's yeah, like he's, he's like tucked away in the battle wagon i think he gets he? name checked he does get name checked yeah he's, you he see him twice but it's like it's really slim pickings on the ambush uh, yeah. coverage and he doesn't actually do anything specific so next time i th- the the ninja stuff doesn't appear but we get the eco warrior cesspool and the headhunter drug stuff covers issues 124 and 125 so we'll definitely be doing that as a two-issue arc. And then I guess we'll just tell people, maybe read another couple ahead as well, 126, 127, because I haven't read ahead enough to know where the next story break is. But anyway, you do the reading and we'll do the discussing. It's worked so far. We tried it the other way, but it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. He finds the bombs, I drive the car. We tried the other way, but it didn't work. We've, you've talked it uh, a fair chunk, but I'm eager to hear what else you've got to say because it's time for Chris Talks Toys. Chris talks about toys, ho, ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. 
Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. I can safely say I'll be talking about. Drum roll, please. Night Creeper. It was, yeah. Um, Yeah, drum roll machine gun, please. Um, yeah, so we're gonna. Be, I'm gonna be talking about the Night Creeper because this is one of those. Like it was like the Tomahawk I did last week, which you haven't, which isn't out yet, but it will be by the time you hear this. It's yeah. Weird. I hate how we're living in the Matrix, basically. But yeah, I um, it's similar to the Tomahawk where I've kind of put it off and put it off, but now I want to talk about it because I'm worried that we're not going to see them again. And we do get a cheeky glimpse of the Night Creepers in that first issue 120 when they're dropping the Baroness off. And they're doing this whole trade with uh, Destro and, and Cobra. So, Cobra Commander, sorry. So, the Night Creeper was released in 1990 in the United States and in 1992, I believe, in the UK. Now, I picked this up, I think, in ni- either 91 or 92 in, in the States. Um, so, it was either already out in the UK, but it didn't matter because I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't aware it was out there. Uh, got it in the US, I believe, and I fell in love with this figure immediately. One was the concept around them. Now, th- again, like you got to imagine, I wasn't reading the comics, so I didn't have the other media to back it up. So I just had this figure with the card art, which was gorgeous, and this file card, which was super interesting and intriguing. And the design on this this guy was so cool that I was like, I'm in. I'm all in on this dude. I'd have an army of them if I could afford it at however old I was, like 12, 11. And I just thought it was the bee's knees. Now, I'll read through the file card first. There's no difference between the UK and the United States in terms of uh, written content. There's uh, Obviously, there's the usual like slightly different colour background of the card and so on and so forth. But for the mo- most part, they're very, very similar. Now, it basically says, codename Night Creeper, Cobra Ninja... Captured Cobra documents revealed the existence of a contract between Cobra Commander and a syndicate of high-tech ninjas. It is believed that these so-called Night Creepers have been given the task of conducting all field intelligence and covert ops or operations for Cobra. All investigations into the structure and origin of the Night Creepers have run into dead ends or resulted in the mysterious disappearance of the investigators. And the quote is... All evidence seems to indicate that the Night Creepers have the drive and scruples of a Wall Street stock manipulator, the lethal skills of a master martial artist, and the stealthy talents of a cat burglar. To make matters worse, they're backed by the latest and most sophisticated anti-detection and weapons technology in the world. It's as if Attila the Hun had a black belt, an MBA, and was armed with lasers. So, it was that that really drew me in. Like, I'm thinking... High-tech ninjas, really cool, like, all of these different angles that you could kind of, like, work with in terms of different, in terms of the comics and cartoons, and I was just so excited to see Night Creepers in every single facet, and unfortunately they didn't really, other than, like, the, the comic and in the Deke cartoon, which didn't really have them portrayed in the best light, I have to say, that, again, like, kind of disappointed me because I thought there was so much to these guys. I remember them being used in a modern comic. I want to say kind of like Devil's Due Image maybe did them and it was a really really cool issue that they they kind of came into. And again it I was just like oh man the the night creepers need to be used way more often. Uh, they've got them in terms of design they've got this real the toy was amazing. So they've got these amazing color scheme of like lots of different purples and almost like 
purpley reds and lilacs and light greys and silver and black and and basically this insane deco that just works everywhere they've got these camo trousers which are like light gray and then they've got dark gray and maroon kind of camouflage on them it's just absolutely superb and then the helmet was cool it had like this one kind of like stretched oval visor a domed kind of head but then like wrappings and almost like a a hooded shawl that kind of tucked into the it was really hard to explain but you know they're covered facially so you, again the mystery the mystery is like there the accessories they came with were incredible this these kind of like one was a wavy sword and the other sword was like it was horrible it was like it was like a twig with like different bits of other twig coming off it and it, you could just imagine it being delved in, like going into skin, and like if you pulled it out, it would just cause all sorts of damage. So it was like it was one of those weapons that goes in and probably doesn't come out again. Do you know what I mean? It's horrible. Um, they had a backpack where, where the wavy sword could slot into these little pegs on the back, and they had this amazing crossbow, which had like it had a obviously a cross, crossbow bolt, crossbow arrow in ready to go, and then two either side of it. Uh, four, five in total on show on top and on, on the actual crossbow and it's just it's just awesome they're an amazing it's an amazing toy and it's just again one of those ones that just blew me away design wise and it's more the concept that gets me i think every time and they have had i mean i don't really talk about usually with the chris talks toys because i like to keep my options open for any different versions but the the night creeper has been done in a different deco since and also got a second version which i may hold on to for when we do uh, when we get to those because i know they're in the comic a little bit later on as well well there you go night creepers um <laughs> No, I'm a fan of these dudes. Love it. I love the one, I love the bit where they're like, right, has everyone got their coffee? Some dude says, pass the sweetener. Love it. <laughs> pass the chemical sweetener, isn't That's it? it. Pass the yeah. chemical sweetener. Yeah, brilliant. Love it. Love it. Uh, good stuff. As always, one of my favourite bits, uh, learning new stuff about things I don't know, which is uh, always handy. There'll be more Chris Talks toys next week, I hope. Maybe cesspool, maybe not. <laughs> I'll probably do cesspool. Okay. Well, you don't have to. <laughs> don't, don't feel pressured into it. Uh, I'm writing always, it down. I'm writing it always. I can always get another co-host, but don't worry about it. Um, oh, harsh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't think I could, actually. Dispensable. But one thing that I can't do without you is British colloquialisms, a.k.a. over A-K-E or A-K-A. <laughs> A-K-A. A-K-A <laughs> over egging the pudding. We got a pudding. We're going to egg it. We got a pudding. We're going to over egg it. We got a pudding. We got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British colloquialisms. Um, <laughs> sorry, yes. that made me lol. Yes, I got up this morning. Wee. Uh, that's not it. That's not the British colloquialism. I think that's a, a phrase you use the world around. I got up this morning and went outside to put the bins out or something like that about seven o'clock. And I came back and I muttered to myself, "Oh, that's brass monkeys." Brass monkeys. And there you go. That's my one. Brass monkeys, aka cold, aka egging the pudding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want to look it up or anything or not. It's up uh, to you. yeah, might as well. Uh, brass monkeys. Here we go. The phrase "cold enough to freeze the balls off or on a brass monkey." 
is a colloquial expression used by some English speakers. The reference to the testes, as the term balls is commonly understood to mean, of the brass monkey, appears to be a 20th century variant on the expression, prefigured by a range of references to other body parts, especially the nose and tail. During the 19th and 20th centuries, small monkeys cast from the alloy brass were very common tourist souvenirs from China and Japan. They usually, but not always, came in a set of three, representing the three wise monkeys, carved in wood above the shrine of Tushugu in Niko Toshigi, Japan. <laughs> These monkeys were often cast with all three in a single piece. In other sets they were made singly, although there were, was the usual number, some sets of monkeys added a fourth with its hand covering its genitals. Old brass monkeys of this type are collector's items. <laughs> It is often stated that the phrase originated from the use of a brass tray called a monkey to hold cannonballs on warships in the 16th to 18th centuries. Supposedly in a very cold temperature, the monkey would contract, causing the balls to fall off. However, nearly all historians and etymologists consider the story to be a myth. Oh, this story has been discredited by the US Department of the Navy. Etymologists may have f***ed them, so they, they don't really know. They don't really know. But yeah, my one, and I've completely forgotten what it is now, because I was too busy faffing around with that, and it is jammy. My jammy. one is jammy. Yeah, you've been jammy. Yeah, so not obviously covered and filled with or resembling jam, but when someone is jammy, they are considered to be lucky. Yes, correct. Uh, just a quick question here. Jam, what is, is jam jam in the United States? <laughs> They call it jelly. They call jam jelly, and they call jelly jello. Yes. Okay, weirdos. Correct. Okay. Or yeah. preserves. They often call them, and then whatever, you know, strawberry preserve or... Right. Yeah. Well, UK, we sometimes we use conserve, don't we? Yeah, we do. It's a raspberry conserve. Yes. Ne- neither makes sense to me, preserve or conserve, but... So whenever you hear jam. the term peanut butter jelly sandwich or whatever, they just been peanut butter and jam. Got it. Which is actually really nice, believe it or not. Right, yeah, yeah, I, I like both those things. Um, <laughs> Put them together. Yes, okay, yeah. So mine's jammy. Okay, uh, if I can, uh, I'd like to ask you a question. Chief Bass Chris, a question. Chief Bass Chris, a question. What'll he say? Ooh. What'll he do when Chief Bass Chris, a question? I actually sway and wave my hands as I'm singing that each week. Um, oh, I can't believe there wasn't a, a page in the issue that you could test me on. This week, page in the issue I could test you on. What you know, like where? Oh like, yes, yes. Clear basketball cards. And... Uh, no, I, there is one for next week. Uh, next, oh, yeah, I, I read that two issues ahead, and uh, there is one in there I can test. Okay, you on, cool, so cool. Don't worry, don't worry. Uh, I might even sing up a theme tune for it. What <laughs> have I got to do now? Oh yeah, ask you a question. I made tomato soup today. True Ooh. or false? No, that's not the question. Uh, the answer is true. True. Yeah. Yes. Ding 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 ding. Um, <sighs> Easy. What? is your preference for soups do you like them smooth or chunky you're gonna is this gonna be another one of those ones where people hate me because of my food preference you mean hate you more wow (laughs) (laughs) wow wow i can't argue with that i can't argue with that uh i think i'm universally hated throughout i'm if if this was universally loved no if this was a wrestling podcast i would be the heel wouldn't i basically uh, no, I think we're like a, a face tag team. Tag each other's faces. Yeah. Um, okay, We've already established well, that I'm Macho Man and you're Miss Elizabeth. I mean, Hogan. No, you're right. You were right the first time. I will, I'm will. i going to shock you with my soup choice. 
It is an absolute belter that I had once at a... It's called The Hero in Burnham Overy Stave in uh, Norfolk. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that place before. Nope. It's on the coast between Hunstanton and Cromer, around that way. Or between... Let's just say it's it's near Hunstanton on the coast. And um, cute little place. I went in there and they shocked me. Uh, they had on the on the on the it sounded amazing, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll have that." It was curried parsnip or cream of curry parsnip soup, and I was like, okay. "That sounds amazing. I'll try it out." And I fell in love with it. It's unbelievable. It's like a thin soup. There's nothing chunky in it. It's very smooth, very creamy. Um, it's you know obviously the kind of sweety, kind of sweet parsnip taste. And it's and with a bit of curry kind of flavouring in there as well. It's un freaking real, mate. Okay. And I, I make Kate has to make it for me every now and again because it's just amazing. Okay. Yeah. And my mum so, makes a my mum makes a cracking version of it as well. Okay. So the actual question was: Do you prefer your soup smooth or chunky? Not smooth. what's your favourite flavour. The answer is smooth. Yes. Okay. Because that's my favourite soup. So therefore, got it. Got it. Therefore, thusly. Thusly. <laughs> But if you're having a vegetable soup... Oh, I love chunky want, veg, though. You like I chunky do love, veg. I do love okay. chunky veg. Right. Sorry. So you like it any which way, is what you're saying. As long as it tastes yeah. good. I I must admit, like I, I find them two different things in a weird way. I don't consider, even though they are soup, I, if they're too chunky, it almost becomes like a broth or like, like a stew. stew. Yeah. And I don't mind that. I'm I'm not against it. I love all of that. I just don't know what what point it turns yeah. into something else. But I, in terms of your classic thin <laughs> soup, yeah. you know, like what is effectively just hot liquid, then it's it's got to be curry parsnip for me. And that uh, that smooth is smooth is a way for me. What about yourself? Would that what, work? Let me ask you a question. Would that work with a chip shop curry sauce? <laughs> I've ejaculated everywhere. <laughs> Do you think that would work? Imagine it with parsnip. curry sauce f-ing soup. Pars- roasted parsnips, then blitzed up in a blender, oh, poured I've up poured I've up with some stock and then some chip shop curry sauce. I might do that actually. Mate, can can you that. make can you send it to me as well? Please? Care package, yeah. <laughs> yeah, send it in one of those like things they send lungs in so yeah. that they don't die on the okay. way. <laughs> I'm not gonna say done because I don't think I will do that. But you son if- of a I'll just throw way. it over, throw it all over the kitchen instead. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, and with that said and done, no. Before we do that bit, um, you can catch us in all the usual places. It's Talking Joe Comics on Instagram. It's Talking Underscore Joe on Twitter. Talking Joe Comics at gmail.com and Talking Joe GI Joe Podcast. Who is this Joe fella? Uh, you can get me on Twitter at uh, Chiefy Two Shoes if you want. That's Chiefy. Why number two shoes? And I, I, think you, I think you can get hold of you somewhere as well. Yes. Before I give all my info out, I'd like to quickly throw out a very quick shout out to uh, a lot of a, like a very long term friend from back in the Dizay. Uh, his name's James Griffith, and I know he's listening to this show eventually because he's get he's rinsing through all of the episodes from start okay. to finish. He was a fellow Joe fan back in the day. And quick story, when we were, I think, like, it, you'll have to kind of confirm what when it was. I think it was in high school, very early on, like the first year, maybe the summer before first year or maybe second year. I can't remember exactly. But basically, I cycled to his house to just hang out. And he, ha- and I didn't know this, lo and behold, 
he was going through a lot of his old stuff and he had loads of like G.I. Joe figures and, and comics and stuff like that and I'm like oh you collect G.I. Joe stuff and he was a big Warhammer guy as well he loved Warhammer stuff too so you know you'd probably get on with him really well he's an artist as well at the moment and basically we were we, we basically just got to like playing around with all his gear and he gave me his Lady J figure because I didn't have Lady J and this Lady J figure had a broken crotch broken thumbs but I'm like no that's amazing thank you so much so he gave me his broken J and um and some like i think like some comics as well and that's i think i got the, the scoop comic that that, spe- that special missions one with no cover from him so big shout out to james griffith sorry for taking so long in in doing the um uh, where can they find me thing but shout out to james hope you're listening buddy and a big shout out to you for being an awesome fan of the show now uh, hilarious uh yeah that's Chris's quick shout out. Sorry. Um, do, do you want to do one? Well, welcome to the show, Jimmy Boy. Uh, nice to have you with us. No, I've got no one. No one. No, I don't care about anyone. Okay. Um. <laughs> so you can catch me at Diagnostic80 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on, well, you can find the Full Force podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And of course, Patreon, where you can give us money for cool things like extra bonus content. Oh, and music. I, s- I give out music for free. Nice. nice. So there you Do go. It. Do it. Get it done. Get it done. And if you want to join in with, not join in with the show, you can join in if you want. If you know, you can find out where I live somehow and you can <laughs> come around my house and come up into my loft and join in the show that way. But another way you can join in the show is by reading along or re- reading ahead or doing some kind of reading anyway. Definitely read issues 124 and 125 and then if you've got some spare time read another couple as well because we might cover those next episode we might not who knows i don't even know just don't know no one knows uh, but you will find out next week when you listen to the show which isn't actually our next week is actually our past week or something like that but anyway such a head with all that said and done we will see you down the road bye yeah no, no. No, no.